Swag out them. Wow. Welcome everybody to the Sartorian Deep Podcast on Web Style, where we talk about bow ties, comic books, and everything in between. I'm your host, Web Style, the man, the voice, the I'm laughing because she coined that. First time I heard his voice, I was like, ooh, the man. Thank you all for joining us. This is uh, a hybrid because this is technically the fourth time we've been able to, to talk and really talk about geek style, fashion, what it is to be, in, and someone who embraces your fandom and how you dress and how you present yourself to the world, um, using that as an influence, using that as an avatar of who you really are. Um, and we are three, but four is currently stuck in track with some accents, so we hopefully uh, she will be here, but I am, my name is, my government name is Elvin Hawks, I go by web style on the internet. Uh, I am, uh, I, I would never say Sartorial so until I will uh, say that for me, uh, but I'm just an all-around geek guy, I like to smell good, dress nice, and I came up with this sort of topic a couple years ago because there was never any sort of representation for people that look like me. So that's why we started this conversation, and then we drag, and I say we, drag Dana into it, so I will let Dana introduce herself. There you go. Uh, my name is Dana Worcester. You can find me online as Good Red Herring on all of the general social media apps, including Threads at this point, though don't quote me on that one. It's there, but I don't know if I care. Um, generally speaking, uh, my online handle is Good Red Herring because all of it seems, in my opinion, the best way to be a little bit of everything. So I've been a geek for a very long time. I picked up more appears from my like public library at some point when I was probably too young to be reading it, and then fell into the Xena Hercules hole that was like I think UPN at that time. So I'm a big genre fiction fan. I was a big, obviously shocking no one Buffy fan at the time, and found my way into anime as I started learning Japanese in middle school. I was part of this particular panel because so much of my blog focused on fashion. Um, I have been a small to mid-sized fat my entire life, and that makes it relatively difficult to find things that I want that fits the way that I would prefer. So how I implement or utilize fashion to express who, who I am on a particular day is very important to me. Um, I am another government contractor, like so many of the people who are around this area, and it's a delicate balance between what I want to look like and what will not cause hullabaloo. Though they did not seem to mind at the teal hair yet, so that's good. Did you, oh, did you say small in the size of fat? Yes. Okay, I should make sure I understand. For, okay. <laughs> I use the term fat. I apologize if anyone does not particularly enjoy that term. That's how I reference myself. A small fat is usually somewhere in the 14 to 16 range, mid size. You're like inching into 18 to 22 at the very max, and then it goes from there. I, I understood. I just never heard anyone yes. using it. It's probably pretty specific to the plus size community, but I like to, I think it is the most specific and best way to describe where I sit in like the size category. So it's the community to which I live and what is it? Small to mid-size fat. So mid-size, if you, okay, this small detour, I apologize. If you look at the hashtag mid-size on any of the social media apps, you're really gonna look at uh, mostly them presenting like AFAB women, um, who are like eight to ten, mm -hmm. which 
It's a very generous description of bid size. I'm not here to comment on that. Um, but if you are in the more, uh, not so much body positivity, but like pro fat communities where we're talking about like size, it's better to use, in my opinion, small to mid-size from there to be to specific. Because I'm on a cusp for a lot of sizes, but it really just depends on a brand. So I like that term because I think it's very descriptive and very clear. Of course, my pleasure. Uh, next up, we have our own Curtis Metcalf. I named you no. back in the day. <laughs> <laughs> Very well named you, hardware. Uh, William Matt. Uh, Will, thanks for the introduction. Um, been a nerd a long time. I was one of those kids who got a computer at seven, and I still write software today. Um, I like to dress well when I can. I have two kids now, so my budget has shifted a little bit in that in that area, but um, yeah. um, anyway, sorry about that. Um, I've always liked fashion, I've always liked being able to style myself in subtle ways, um, you know, in regard to whatever work may dictate. And uh, I, don't, I don't think Dana got the real view of how she got on this panel. In 2018, <laughs> in 2018, we did this panel the first time at BlurCon, and for whatever reason, Dana and I were going back and forth, and she was in the audience. She was in the audience, and then Ellen was like, "Why don't you just come up here on the panel?" And so, and she has it, and she's been here ever since. I haven't left; they can't kick me out. That's pretty much what happened. So, well, we don't want to. So, cheers! It's, it's been fun. It's been a lot of fun. You know, I just thought of something. I know that I'm like going on trip. How old are you? I'm forty-five. Thirty-eight. I will be forty-six in August. Okay, so I feel like we're kind of on the older side of. The topic of conversation, which I like. So, I just want to confirm. Okay. Keita, when she gets here, she's just a bit younger, so she helps. She balances out both of those brands. But um, part of this, well, this whole social interpretation aspects of fame and style. What did we want to look at first? Was really we, we talked about just dress suits and whatnot, but accessories. Accessories nowadays, especially with a thing like you know, Faye, with you know, Black Faye. Accessories, wings, ears, you, know, you see that very dominate horns um, in a lot of people's cosplay, but how do we utilize accessories to express ourselves on a day-to-day basis? And then, you know, are there any specific pieces that you utilize, um, say, even to uh, be a bit more uh, geeky on a day-to-day basis, you know, when you're not in the house? I was going to say, when I'm not in the house. <laughs> um, I learned to sew in 2020, and so I think a lot of my representation of self has really been utilized in making garments that better express how I feel. And you can find prints and specific fabrics that like really clue subtly or not into what you want. I mean, downstairs in the merchandise room, there's a lovely leather belt from one of the vendors that's very subtly stamped with tortoises. And I think that could, you could easily incorporate that into any particular outfit. But, um, more easily, I got my first tattoo last year, and it is a huge ass token right here. And so it peeks out. I realize I've like picked the worst outfit, but you know, oh well. Um, so it's something that's very noticeable, and I think very clearly communicates kind of the things that I grew up with and what I find passionate about. So, Elvin and I were talking about this. I'm not so cool that I have like Alexas and Google Homes and Dots. I don't want things listening to me. I just have my phone. So my accessories, as far as the electronic sphere, are less cool because I 
my, my soul can't take that. <laughs> <laughs> Will, how about you? I was going to say, I think he's a better. Fair enough. So uh, I do things solely. I wear Tomorrowland pen. It's always a great conversation starter. I'm, I'm not, I didn't go to Tennessee or University of Tennessee, but this is Tomorrowland. Um, I also have cufflinks. I have Millennium Falcon cufflinks that I wear out to like a real event. And it, it always is a great conversation starter as well. I do have some thematic cards that I that I do wear that are real stylish, but at the same time, they're they're like subtle nerdities. I have a Doctor Who side, right? Um, and so like those are the types of things that I like to accessorize with. Today, you know, actually this might be jumping ahead, but I was a personal fawn for someone in the in cosplay today, and so like. Uh, today I'm I'm wearing like a uh, a collar and I don't have a key, so I couldn't take it off anyway. But then when I put everything on, I was like, all right, this this looks all right. So I took, so I kept it on. Um, and so like I try to do like accentual things. Um, I still think, same in 2018, that women can take more risks when it comes to things because men's fashion is pretty much. Eh, it's, it's basically the same. It hasn't changed in 200 years, basically. But um, that's how I try to bring accessories in. Electronics, I do wear an Apple Watch. So that's some electronics. I'm still looking for an e-ink type of cool thing that will actually look good and not too nerdy. That will be a nice accessory to have. I haven't found it. I like lots Like an e-ink like band or something like that. Something that will actually work. Even an e-ink cycle that could work. Okay, that sounds real sweet. I'm very vanilla uh, when it comes to that. I, I am, I am like this most days, even when I'm home at work. So most of my accessorizing comes in the form of uh, various pins I've acquired over the years: Disney pins, uh, history pins, a lot of pins from Kickstarter that I've funded with comic books. So actually, really cool as well, uh, and ties. Doctor Who, I, I love Doctor Who, so I Tardis tie. I have a fourth Doctor scarf tie, which I really love, and also. And that's why I will be bringing some socks. Socks is one of the best ways uh, to accentuate. I had one gamer socks that I was given for my birthday by a very beautiful young person in my life. Uh, and I have like next Star Trek socks and different themed socks that I enjoy wearing with my suits. And that's pretty much the, it's, it's pretty vanilla, it's pretty basic. Again, going back to where I think the ladies have a have better options when it comes to really accessorizing. Again, maybe more of a chauvinistic or a point of view. I but, think that's you know. a better way to phrase it. Because I think we got into it in 2018, but I still think very firmly that in the workplace that's not as true. Yes. Just because women in general are so easily labeled with whatever negative moniker that I don't really feel like digging out of my brain at the moment. Take your pick. Someone's called someone that. Right. Um, but I was going to say, it's not so much accessories, but like, I've been looking at the play that we have all been through and are currently in this moment um, has immediately and drastically and forever changed how I live my life. And I think that's going to be true for a lot of people. I go into work once a week. My work clothing are now no longer the priority of what I'm spending money on and what I care about. And so I'm actually finding myself investing in things, not like leisure wear, which I've been there, done that. My sweats collection is really great. But I'm, I want to be like a Darcy inspired pirate this fall. And I like bought some incredible pieces from I Do Declare in Philadelphia when they were here. Because I just do not give this to be recorded. 
I care less. Um, We're grown. Right. Internet. Um, I care less and I just want to feel like me. I have corsets that do not get worn. Like leather, steel boned, incredible corsets that do not get worn because sometimes it is exhausting as a woman to be stared at in the world. I have a person, but I can only speak from my experience. But you know what? Sometimes. I just want to look like a dandy. Sometimes I want to look kind of like a vampire. Sometimes I want to look like I walked out of like the, the TARDIS. And I have this, I've invested this money in it and I don't think it needs to be relegated to conventions anymore. Yeah. Yeah, I will say this day with regards to, I interview adult stars on my side, okay? <laughs> okay, okay. We good. Okay. Uh, before we move on and we'll get to you. I'm Kita. I also go by Frenchie. Um, I'm a fashion designer and costume designer. Um, I agree with everything she just said. My <laughs> wardrobe is not normal, and I will wear it wherever, whenever I want because it makes me look powerful. So I hope to do that for everyone else. So whenever you get my clothes, buy my clothes. I want you to get the same confidence as I do when I wear my. Yes, ma'am. Oh, I was clapping it up. Yeah. <laughs> I was like, yes, all of that on the wardrobe because yeah. what you said about the COVID thing, it made it real. It was like, well, I, well I'm not going in. You're not, we're not bringing cameras on. Okay. So it got to the point where it was like, I want to put these costumes on. I didn't have any place to go. I got dressed up one time and I think I went to Walmart. No, not even Walmart, giant. <laughs> and walked around because I didn't have any place to go. So it was just like, yo, if I, I would, for no reason on a Tuesday, and I love it, and I love it, who gonna stop me? Who will check with you? Right. You probably check because you didn't think of the first. Okay. I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> but that's, that's like, and I mean, like, it, it is, like, for me, it's like an experience. Like, I'm leaning into it because I didn't do it for so long. And the DMV area is, in my opinion, super conservative when it yeah. comes to fashion. Yeah. So, like, oh, am I wearing a bright color? Oh, God. Then that comments. But, um, do you know what? Life's really short. We talked about accessories. Uh, one accessory. <laughs> so we talked about accessories, and I want to give Keith a chance to talk about, you know, how you use accessories to accent your style, work as your fan. So when it comes to accessories, so I'm also I'm actually a professional mermaid and a professional performer. Um, so when it comes to accessories, for me, an accessory has to be beautiful, add value to it, but has to be comfortable and functional. Comfortable and functional are like the most important things when it comes to accessories for me. And it's like, for example, something as simple as gloves. For me, personally, I need the fingertips cut off because your hands sweat, you have no touch, you can't feel anything around you. Um, crowns, like that is stunning by the way. Like for me, I wouldn't be able to wear that because I would hit myself and I would get stuck in it. I've done that before. I really like poked something through my hand because I had this massive headpiece. Gorgeous, but not functional and dangerous. So it's one of those like, also like necklaces. Uh, for me, I move a lot. I'm, an, I'm a dancer. I, I jump. I, I do all this stuff. Necklaces don't work for me. Collars, on point. That works. So it really depends for me what I'm doing, who I'm with, but I will always dress up and I, always, I will always be the center of attention because that makes me feel good. 
everyone should feel that way. Yeah, I'll see. I'll see. <laughs> I, I love the point you made as far as you don't want to be the center of attention. You know, for me, I always say, people ask me, why are you always dressed up? So nice to look at. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but why are you always dressed up? I always want to project one, well, you know, as a black man, I always want to put my best foot forward and I want to make sure I'm seen as non-threatening. Sort of in the back of my head, it's not paramount, but also I feel empowered when I am dressed a certain way because I feel as though I am commanding a room and I am presenting my best self. I also sound the way I sound, so I know that adds to it as well as commanding a room. But that's what Frenchie, when she says, I'm sorry, I'll switch between Frenchie and Keita interchangeably. I know her as both. But, <laughs> That is something that I think she touched on is very powerful. And another aspect of the, the power, yes, sir. I was going to say, like, that part of like being in a room, imposter syndrome. Constantly, like, you're living with it. And I feel like if I'm not, like, put together, somehow it's going to be like, oh, what's he doing there? Because, mm -hmm. like, I had a, and, and, it, and it really kind of isolates me in a sense. Because, like, I had a meeting with the president of my university the other day. So I put a suit on, like, sitting right. in the room with the president, yeah. and like, other people in there were like jeans, and I'm like, did I overdo it? But I did it for me, because once again, like, I have nowhere to go because of COVID. But yeah, it's one of the things I kind of like, always in the back of my mind, like, I got to look the part. I will tell you this, though, the president probably was going to be more than everybody else. Mm -hmm. Yeah, you stood out. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Oh, the, the, the conversation like, kind of just became a picture. Yeah. <laughs> See, exactly. There we go. professional. You played the part, and that's what they remember. Yeah. I think the other part is, too, is like I work in software. We you see people wearing cutoffs, dirty <laughs> t-shirts, yeah. the whole nine yards. And But the thing is, though, is that you can wear a suit that's armor. And if you want her trying to get over that imposter system, you're actually putting on your armor before you go in and like like battle with yeah. your president mm -hmm. or you know, I probably don't want to battle your president. <laughs> but uh, that's, a, that's a good way of actually building up your own mental psyche when you're going into an environment. And, yeah, like, when they changed our dress code at the university, like, before, because we have no office anymore, yeah, it was like, okay, you can wear jeans now, but you don't have to wear, like, the old baggy. I was going to say, no you holes, can put a, no threads. You can put a threads on. Yeah. Like, <laughs> hey, there's some accessories that a temporary and a bit more permanent. And Dana actually brought up an extra example of using tattoos as accessories. We are, I would say in general, seeing a lot more body modifications. Uh, what, is, what are these called? Septums? Septums. Yeah, septums. I'm sorry, I'm old. <laughs> a lot more septums, male, male and female. A lot more um, acceptance of, of piercings as far as ears, noses, and you see that it is becoming more mainstream. You know, how does sort of that, and again, you know, piercings, nails, wigs, how does that really play into self-representation um, and expression when, and also how is that, well, I guess, how is that play into self-representation and expression, but also how is that limited by fashion, if at all? I'll start with Dan. I'm interested by what you mean by limited by fashion. Well, maybe I should ask, is it limited by fashion? Okay, because I feel like piercings are just another way to incorporate fashion. This, for me personally, more limited by my body's ability to feel things the way I would like them to. So, again, 
we're all friends here, uh, post or current st state of life, I don't really want to wear a bra with underwire or molded cups. I'm not really a big fan. It's not comfortable. So, but that means like when I go to work, I'm pretty glad I don't have nipple piercings because I don't want to deal with it and having to cover it up. So I feel like I have enough piercings in my ear that I enjoy. I've dabbled with the idea of nose piercing. Again, I'm a government worker. There's only so far I can really expect Secret Service to allow me to like play uh, before I get comments. Um, but the other sorts of body piercings, I'm just, my body pushed out a belly button piercing when I was in college. So it's just not, we're not gonna be friends. But I don't think there's much limitation other than the fact that, especially in a professional sense, there's the expectation of what is considered like professional. And then personally, as someone who like presents as femme, just like you think about like, am I not threatening? I think about how much grief am I gonna get if I wear this the way I want to wear it. Mm -hmm. Okay, maybe talk about a little bit about say males and race, things like that, especially the dancing. Actually, Eldon, uh, before yeah. you check, yes. so again, so, so my wife was in here, uh, the purple haired VO artist. <laughs> She's somewhere being the the uh, water nymph. Um, so uh, so my wife has a nose piercing, mm -hmm. and she got it before she quit, and she worked in web development. And so I think that again, it, it, it's it's based upon your context. She was working in a professional environment in an academic environment, well, as staff, but purple afro, nose piercing, and. She was the shit at her job, and everyone knew it, and everyone requested her her services. And so I think still, there there are things that you can push. Um, would you see uh, her, uh, the company press secretary? Um, oh, yeah. I don't know. You, you may not see her with a nose piercing, but you can understand the type of job that she works and how it's all an image that's being projected. But I do think that. Um, you can take some risks and, and push limits in your job because I think that as a society, we're more open to these areas. And then I work in tech, I work in tech, you know, and again, tech may be more on the surface accepting of some of these things, on the surface, <laughs> on the surface, on the surface. Um, so I think I, I would hate I would hate for people to want to shut themselves in just because of where they work at. Yes. I was gonna say um, I've had a nose piercing since I was 29. Uh, back when I was a muppet. Now I work in a semi-corporate environment, Wall Street, people studying finance, international clients. Most people don't even realize that nose is pierced. Yeah. Because I did say, I'm getting the nose piercing, it's very tiny, and I always make sure for job interviews, it's in. So that when they notice it, after the fact, I'm like, who hired me with that? It's the same thing with the tattoos. After I turned 40, that's when like this started happening, and then here and here. And I will never forget company meeting at Fitch. I had just, just got the job, I think two weeks later, got this one. My boss goes, you got a new tattoo? And I said, yes. And he said, cool. And, and just kept going. Yes. So I think on one level, 
with with things like that, they and laws enabling that you can't discriminate against a worker because of that. And I used to like when clients came in, we start classes on a Monday, I would wear sleeves. By Friday, no sleeves. So people from all over the world were seeing this person, this black woman who seems to be running everything, who is tattooed, who has the multiple ears and the big chain hanging here with all the rings and not a single person can say anything to me. And it's like, and I've just said, because my work, my work ethic is what speaks to it. Oh, Dr. Kevin, you last year? Yeah, in the evening. <laughs> I remember that. Because you were talking about like how you, someone called you out on a video because you were doing, um, an act, like an exhibition with your like the whips and stuff. Uh -huh. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And someone called you out on like a meeting on that. I remember yeah. that. Yeah. Oh yeah, my boss. I did a thing with whips, and my boss put it on like the company LinkedIn. Nah. And he was like, I'm like, this is the New York Institute of Finance. Why are you post this? And he's like, this is what our staff gets up to. And I'm like. People are gonna come and like start asking me yeah. questions. Yeah. yeah, that's how I always forget one. Yeah, and I was just that's like, but the thing is, like, he like was fine with it, and I was just that's like, great. I mean, Don't publicize right? And that's totally fine. But like, I went from the Army National Guard, where ninety percent of them are covered in tattoos under their uniform and nobody cares, right. to the Secret Service, where I have gotten very nice. Oh, can Dana send that email? She's a consultant. So. Yeah. Right. And I'm not saying it's forever. I'm 38. I'm not dead. Yeah. But I don't mind like choosing one or the other right now. Yeah. So I was just going to affirm like folks who do have like who are in leadership that have tattoos, who are in leadership and have substance, things like that. So I'm also on the tech side of things, but I work for a big consulting firm as well. But I identify really quickly those folks who like, yeah, I see the tats or the really cool colored hair or um, septies, um, things like that, the accessories. And yes, these people are leadership, but they're usually my favorite leads or leaders because they immediately recognize there's value in differences, uh -huh. there's values in expression, there's like one person doesn't have to look a certain way to be competent. And I need leaders that understand that because I'm coming up in a wheelchair. Mm -hmm. And so if you have this mindset that a leader or a competent person only looks one way, we're already going to be on a not great start. So I actually, I deeply encourage those, like folks who are in leadership positions to like show that expression because that's usually a quick identifier for me that I will most likely belong. So I just wanted to like put that out there. They grant permission. You know, yes. Like, you know, in a sense, like when you see somebody in leadership doing it, it's like, okay, they did it. Yeah. I might be able to get away with this too. So it's well, like, it yeah. also has to do with the fact that you're accepting yourself, which means other people will accept you because you are presenting yourself a certain way, no matter what you look like. So there's that. Yes. What? How many minutes? <laughs> Would it be fair to say, based on everything I've heard, that fashion is language? Yes. Because it's Absolutely. that's basically what I understood. I work in retail, 
So, and a lot of the times we're told, uh, when we help our customers, we're told to pay attention to what they wear and how they carry themselves, because that usually indicates what they need help with, where they're going for. Like if I see a guy who's coming in who's all drenched in sweat and wearing um, shorts and a, and a sleeveless tee, I'm going to direct him to the water bottles. Because yeah. that's what his clothes are saying. They're saying, I'm hot and thirsty, or I've been working with you for four hours in a hot, uh, in a boiling hot Safeway because we still haven't gotten that stupid air conditioning fixed yet. It's a lot, Steve. <laughs> um, actually, my boss's name is David. But um. I mean, what we put on our outside is always going to be what people see about us first, yeah. right? Yeah. And I think, as much as we attempt to not judge a book by its cover, it's a saying for a reason. We can employ it in a way that works to our benefit if we have the ability to change the outside to feel better about who we are. I also sorry. No. No, no. I also think, in my opinion, that tattoos, unlike piercings or a lot of other fashion accessories, you have to be especially careful with getting. Because a tattoo of a giant snake fighting Darth Vader, which I want now, um, <laughs> on on your torso may seem like a cool idea when you're in college or, or wherever. But if you, but as you get older and realize I I kind of made a mistake. It's not as easy as removing an earring or whatever because it's kind of permanent. Well, not just that, but you also have to realize there are different types of tattoos. Like, you'll never guess, but my forearm, this is a half sleeve. It is completely covered, but you can't see it mm -hmm. because it's white. So there's also that depending on what color, where it's placed, that also, and like the design of it. There's there's that, because a tattoo can be really trashy if it's poorly done, mm -hmm. yeah. you know? Yeah. But something that's completely like, like a full back, if the piece is done expertly, it doesn't even matter if it's covered, it's just art, and it's mm -hmm. beautiful to look at. And I will say, I mean like, People can have tattoos, whether they're trashy or not, and it brings them joy. Yeah, you know what, we'll lose that too. It's My friend has, like, she's from Florida. She's got, like, brand things on it. There's a pizza on it, something. There's a parrot or something going on here. They're all very specific. It's not a specific style. I'm like, whatever floats your boat, they bring yeah. her joy. Some of them were, like, 50 bucks. Some of them were 300 it told, And each of them works for her. Because as much as tattoos are permanent, they can be covered. They can actually be removed. And also, especially with gender clothing, who cares? Yeah. Uh, I also hope there are people at 50 who still love their Darth Vader with the snake tattoo. <laughs> <laughs> I wish more people carry that. I was going to say, this is the beginning of a larger, like just generally Studio Ghibli piece, and it will look the way it looks when I'm 50. It will look fierce. <laughs> I want to jump to this next topic, and then we're running short on time. But one of the things that brought this up is both Will and. Yes, ma'am. Um, and I and brought this up with both Will and Dana just in kind of conversation beforehand. One of the things that we see now is this more and more inclusion of kink cultures mainstream. And I broke I broached this to you, Will and Dana, because I was watching very much in the heart of it always have been. And I was watching a conversation about the latest Hellraiser movie, the, the reboot that came out, and how they shifted the look of the Cinebites 
from more of a BDSM sort of look as the ones back in the 80s to something a bit more sci-fi futuristic because that BDSM look is so mainstream now. It is part of our, our very culture, how people present themselves. We saw even today a lot of that today as far as people's cosplay. How does that, how does attempting to include kink culture, uh, fetish culture as a fandom, how is that really interpreted and also could that be dismissive of sexual practices? Now I'll start with you. Um, so for someone who is a part of the kink community and who was a dome for quite some time, it's a very it's a, it's a very hard topic because I love everything that's like corsets, latex, all of that, but people associate it with sex. Mm. Um, and it's actually a shame because some of these pieces are absolutely exquisite and should not be just be like, oh, a corset, okay, corset is lingerie, corset is BDSM, corset is uh, my boobs need to look a certain way, my waist needs to be extra small, and that's what it is. It's sexy. Doesn't have to be sexy. Back in the day, like old, old days, you wore a corset as a bra, mm -hmm. as a, a waist shaper, as a way to hold your back, as a way, it's like it was used as a function. It was daily living, it was your underground look. So that today, wearing a corset, I was actually gonna wear a corset. Um, so that today, I think people have a mixed feeling about it. I love accepting it. I think it's amazing because it makes you it makes you powerful. Like makes you powerful, right? Like you feel like you feel like a badass. Um but I also do think that there's we need to keep that line between kink and the real world because there's so much that actually goes into it and a lot of people that do kink and BDSM actually have a lot, a lot of trauma. Mm -hmm. And it's it's literally like they go to these places to face their trauma. So like so for me personally, I think it should be very separate, but using that fashion and showing it to people without going deep deep down like a deep dive into kink and media sound, I think that's cool. But it's a very it's a very fine line. I think it's a lot of things that end up being a bit of a question of consent. There's that too. Because however you portray yourself using fashion, it does not mean you are a part of that that community. And to mm -hmm. be honest, you can do whatever you want, and you can be part of the community, and we have no idea about it. Um, you can keep it in whatever bedroom you decide speaks to you. Mm -hmm. um, and so I think just like we have these signs here about how cosplay is not consent, like fashion is not consent, mm -hmm. and whether my nipples are showing or whether I'm wearing a corset or anything else, it says nothing about what I do or do not do in the bedroom or what anybody else is allowed to do to me regardless of what I'm wearing. Um, so I think there is a way in which the acceptance of fashion that has been normalized in kink culture on a more like general sense is a good way to open up the conversation to like non-typical those I guess you don't know so much about. Right, it. right. It opens up a good conversation, but also it does not mean you're committed mm -hmm. to anything. But you're right. It's like a tricky line of just because I look one way doesn't mean anything. Exactly. I'm 
And also, people take it very far. I have this Totoro dress that I got from Hot Topic a couple years ago. The first time I wore it to Dragon Con, do you know how many creepy people came up behind me and whispered, will you be my neighbor? <laughs> oh, okay. So, it is a lot. Will, any comments? Um, <clears throat> I think it's hard to keep anything from going mainstream. Mm, especially with social media these like, days. Like it's, it's yeah. just very difficult to keep anything from going mainstream. Like, so yesterday, we were talking about, with a, depending on how you interpreted my cosplay, I was either old and busted Nick Fury or zaddy Nick Fury. Right? You got to call both, right? If you've seen Secret Invasion, you know you know what I'm talking about. And so, but at night, it was hot. Had I kept the turtleneck on, but I wore a harness, right? I wore a harness and I wore a cape. And then when I came downstairs, people were like, yo, that is banging, yo. And it was like, yo, that's a tight harness. Because it was like, it was a cool-ass fucking look, right? It was a badass look. And so I think it's really difficult to keep things out of the mainstream. And I was going to wear one this weekend, but there are men's corsets that are pretty damn banging. Right? Oh, my God. And, yeah. and the thing is, is that I just... I think it's very, like, like with anything, like with, with rap music, with grunge clothing, right? All these things had an underground, but the moment someone's like, all right, I'm going to go to Walmart or Giant wearing my grunge, it's like, oh shit, it smells like spirit. I want to I wanna be like that now, you know? And so like, it's, it's really hard to keep mainstream, and I'm in the King community, and I have slowly worn stuff out just because, and it's like, yo, that's, that's kind of hot. I was like, oh, thank you. And he kind of cute. It's just, I, 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 I don't, it, it's hard to keep anything from mainstream. The next time around, with the next Hellraiser 15, they'll be like, oh, we had to redesign these now because now people are cyberpunk, whatever, in the future. So. Well, I want to thank you all again, uh, just about that time. I want to you, could you just give a little bit of the conclusion and where everybody can find you? Oh, yeah, um, we'll so, <laughs> uh, I don't really know what to say now, but, uh, let's see, uh, be yourself, okay, don't let anyone give you shit, if you want to wear something, wear it, be fierce, and it doesn't matter what anyone else thinks, because most of the time, they're probably jealous, envious, and they just don't know how to express themselves, or they have trauma, or something like that okay i use costumes to help with my trauma you know we just let your freak fly and be yourself be true to yourself and just don't let anyone step step all over you yeah and then my social media you can find me on instagram uh, at jimoda llc j-a-i-m-o-d-a llc um if you have his stuff i'm on there and then I have an Etsy shop. I brought some business cards if anyone wants business cards. But um, yeah, basically, I just work through DMs and really doing custom, custom stuff because I like. To She's not mentioning that there are tickets you can buy to a show. She's going to be in a New York Fashion Week. Oh yeah. Next <laughs> week. Yeah. I'm New York Fashion Week. <laughs> Sorry, forgot to mention that. questions or comments that you guys had that we have not addressed? Yeah. Yes, sir. Um, when you said about the kink community being more mainstream, which I think, yay, unfortunately, and this is me judging by a lot of 
Okay, first of all, I want to apologize for the you gore. You got 60 seconds, sir. For the gore novel, because someone should. Anyway, um, do you think that it would help more to, more mainstream, it would help it not to be just mainstream, but more understood if we saw it in more movies and stuff like that? No, because it's all based on people judging you for what you're doing. So I would disagree, yeah. but my issue is oh. the fact that, well, I, well I, I do think it's good to see it. And I think yeah. the problem is that social media, due to the algorithms and people for ads, we are forcing a lot of the kink conversation and like the frank sexual content that people aren't getting in schools underneath because we're hiding behind spicy because they don't want to pay if something is like adult content in any way. So I do think it actively would be helpful because we are not learning this in school. We are not, we do not have ways, not everyone has access to fanfiction.net. Um, but while we are beholden to these things that we are not paying for, but everyone, millions of people are seeing like, they're getting the wrong information because they can't get anything better. I agree. I, I, yeah, I, I, I kind of, with, with the movies and stuff, is like most of that stuff is so non essential yes. of what people think it actually is. It's not even it's what not, it is. It's not, a, it's not a good uh, medium for that. But like anything mainstream, it's typically the surface, and that's all you can really cover when things fit in mainstream, and you have to go deeper on your own to learn more about the culture and stuff like that. Dana, where can everybody find you? Uh, good red herring. You can find me in all sorts of places. Um, <laughs> I did not bring any of my business cards. I'm a, a terrible adult. Uh, but I am generally around and easy to find. I'm on all, as I said, all the same platforms. Don't, don't talk to me about TikToks. I'm terrible at them. Uh, and I'm on threads, but again, I haven't decided how I want to use that yet. We'll talk about it later. <laughs> <laughs> my social media sucks. I have the most uneven social media that you can find out on Instagram at WillMath, that's it. Um, I think that you should dress however you want to dress, and that um, everything is worse in your own mind than in reality. Mm -hmm. Thank you, And this has been another edition of the Sorton Geek Podcast by Web Style, where we talk about bow ties, comic books, and in between. You can find me Web Style on WebStyle.com. Webstyle on Twitter, Webstyle on Instagram, underscore Webstyle on TikTok, and of course, got me emails, info, magazine.com. Thank you for your time. Thank you for your listening here. Remember, be safe out there and be blessed. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you.